Good morning, church. How's everybody doing today? Good. All right. Well, it's wonderful to be here and to be your pastor, and I'm so glad that you have all chosen to worship Christ with us this morning. Today, we get to wrap up our sermon series on Ephesians. I hope that you've enjoyed this journey with us. We've talked about how Ephesians is kind of a roadmap for the Christian life. And so if you paid attention, you heard that it all starts with God's love and how God adopts us into the family of Christ. And then we talked about that when we do and we say yes to God, and because we believe that God is working in each and every human being, and we say yes to God, then that completely changes the course of our life. But that's only the beginning of the story. And then we talked about how that when we become Christians, we are part of this incredible family of God, and it's this inclusive and wonderful family that is unique and distinct, and, and yes, we have interesting people. I mean, we'll let anybody in, right? So uh, we can be a little interesting, a little odd, a little unusual, but I love that. And it's a, a, a family that is diverse and unique and wonderful. And, and from there, we discussed about how each of us have a unique call in the body of Christ. And as we're going through this journey of faith, we realize that we need to change from the way that we used to be and put off that old life and put on a new life. Then last week, we discussed about how we are called as a family to mutually submit to one another out of love, especially in our interpersonal families, but even as a church, that it's not about our own personal desires and will, but what God wants to achieve through us. And today, it's almost like we have been preparing for something through this whole process of talking about what the Christian life is all about, and that's what this sermon is about, is about donning the armor of God and going out into the world I think a lot of times I looked at this passage and it was a little bit frustrating. I was like, yeah, it's, people like this passage, right? This is one that a lot of people will quote or they'll talk about, but it always seemed kind of boring to me. I was like, I don't, I don't really get that excited about it until I started to think about it for a little bit. You don't put on your armor to sit around home, right? You put on your armor to go to battle, and so what Paul is telling us is that we need to be prepared, all the things that we've learned the last five or six weeks, to get ready. We need to put on all that armor so that we can go out into the world and do what Christ has called us to do. Now, Paul was probably talking about Roman armor, and, and I thought it, you know, I could show you a picture of that, but I wanted to, to spice it up a little bit, and I'm a bit of a nerd, so we show the video. Um, this is how we're going to, our metaphor for this morning. I think there's sound, maybe. If not, we'll listen in quiet. There we go. So we can, we can spice it up and we can look at things a little bit different. So we're going to talk about the armor of God. And so there's different things that Paul talks about. He talks about the belt of truth and the breastplate of justice, the shield of faith, the helmet of salvation, and, and the sword of, of the word of, of the spirit of God. And so we're going to talk about that and how, how God uses all of these things to prepare us to go into the world to do what God has called us to do. But I do think that that is the key this morning is that as Christians, it's so easy for us 
to come to worship on a Sunday morning. It's so easy for us to be in our Bible studies. It's so easy for us to hang out with our Christian friends. It's so easy for us to kind of peek over the walls of our safe little Christian world and watch the rest of the world burn. That's not what Jesus calls us to do, though. We're not going out. If we're not putting on the, and I forgot the shoes, the shoes of peace, if we're not going out and we're not living our faith, this is why we do Be the Church Weekend, so we can actually go out into our communities and do some good and share with people the good news of Jesus Christ through word and deed. If we're not doing that, then we are not fulfilling the call. That's one of the reasons that this is at the end of the, the book of Ephesians, is because Paul is telling us to armor up, that we've got work to do, that we've got to go out in the world and fulfill the call that Jesus has on our life. So our scripture today comes from Ephesians chapter 6, starting with verse 10. Finally, notice the word finally, right? Chris, a few weeks ago, talked about therefores and how those are important. You look what came right before. Finally is kind of, he's, he's saying this is in summation, like almost like he's been preparing us for this moment. Finally, be strengthened by the Lord and his powerful strength. I think it's so easy for us to think about trying to do these things on our own ability and our own gifts. I know, guys, this is what I struggle with. I think that I can handle it. I think I can do it. I think I have what it takes to serve God all on my own ability. And when I do that, I fall on my face. And I struggle. It's not meant to be that way. It doesn't have to be powered by our strength. It is powered by God's strength. Don't just try to do it on your own. It's God's strength. Put on the armor of God so that you can make a stand against the tricks of the devil. We aren't fighting against human enemies, but against rulers, authority, forces of cosmic darkness, and spiritual powers of evil in the heavens. Therefore, pick up the full armor of God so that you can stand your ground on the evil day. And after you have done everything possible, still stand. You know, in the early 20th century, it became really popular to think that sin wasn't a reality, that evil wasn't a reality, that there wasn't an evil forces in this world. Now, I'm not going to stand up here and talk about devils and angels and all that stuff today, but we don't have any, there's no way to deny that evil is a very present reality in our world, right? We just pay attention. And we see it, first of all, in ourselves and how we can be petty and mean-spirited and angry right? We can see evil in ourselves. And then we look out in the world and then we see the way humans treat one another. We see the way we act. We see the way we ignore the needs of the, of the hungry and the naked and, and those who don't have homes. And we just realize that there's a lot of evil in the world. And that's what Paul is talking about, is that we as Christians aren't just supposed to ignore the evil that happens around us but we put on the full armor of God so we're ready, that we're protected. God doesn't send us into the world alone, right? You're not having to do this on your own or without any kind of protection or without God on your side. But put on the full armor of God so you can stand. And then he goes on, so stand with the belt of truth around your waist. Now, it's so important to understand that we believe in truth and what is right and what is good. Jesus says, I'm the way, the truth, and the light. This doesn't mean that we're jerks. I don't know what about society has, we've started to think that if we're right about something, it allows us to be mean to other people. I don't know where we got that idea in our head, especially as Christians. There is no greater force in this world than love, and, but we are still called to speak truth in love. Truth about Jesus. 
She was about faith. She was about justice, standing up for what is right, even though it cost us something, coming alongside people who are hurting. So we need to put on the belt of truth. Don't give up on truth just because the world seems to think there's no such thing as truth. We know there's truth, and that truth is Christ. Justice as your breastplate. You know, the breastplate protects the heart, protects your chest. The reason it's, it's so important is because that's where your vital organs are, right? And so we need a breastplate of justice. Justice means doing what is right in the world. Ultimately, it's, it's what God defines as what is righteous and what is holy and what is true. So are we standing up for justice? We talked a little bit about this in my Bible study this morning. There's so many places that we are called to stand for what is right whether that's how immigrants are treated at the border or it's about them born and and a right to life or about when babies are born and we don't take care of the mothers and give them education for the mothers and for the children and and take care of the health care of those babies. We say, as a church, you need to have that child, but what are we doing as a church to support young, pregnant mothers? Right? If we believe in life, We have to give them an option, not just say, you have to have this baby, but we need to help women and young men when they are going through that situation, come around them and love them and serve them because that's what the church does. And too often the church abandons young, pregnant women. There's so many issues of justice in our world. These are just a couple. We could go on and on and on, but we have to figure out what God is calling us to What is God calling you to? What are you passionate about? What act of justice do you feel like God is calling you to stand for? Because we need to put on our breastplate of righteousness and justice. And put on your shoes on your feet so you're ready to spread the good news of peace. I love this particular verse because it reminds me of one of my favorite verses that is in Isaiah and Romans. Beautiful are the feet that bring the good news. We have to believe that what we're doing is good news. And we can't just, you know, keep it to ourselves. If we think what we believe is right and it's true and it's made our own lives better, why are we hesitant to strap on our shoes and do what's good in this world and and share about Jesus and what Jesus has done for us in a loving way through relationships? And it may take 10, 20, 30 years of friendship before someone says, yeah, I might want to hear about that Jesus person. You know, there's several of us that I think this particular passage means a lot to because we are running a half marathon and a full marathon to raise awareness for clean water in this world. Now, this is just one of many issues, right? But you know, a thousand kids every single day die from a lack of clean water. And that's just not right. And so that's why this is something I'm taking on as one of my personal missions in life, to strap on the shoes of good news and make sure that everyone has access to clean water. What are you doing? How, how are you putting on the shoes of peace to go out into the world? Above all, carry the shield of faith so that you can extinguish the flaming arrows of the evil one. You know, having faith is so important. And this isn't necessarily saying that you're not allowed to doubt. Because there's going to be days that following Jesus is hard. There's going to be days when you just don't feel it. There's going to be days when you wrestle with your faith and you ask, where are you, God, in the midst of this situation? I do it all the time. 
We need the shield of faith to say that we are going to believe in Jesus, that we are going to believe that Jesus has transformed our life and that Jesus is active in our life through the power of the Holy Spirit, even when we don't feel like it. That we're going to get up and we're going to come worship Christ even when we don't feel like it. That we're going to go to our Bible study even when we can say, where are you, God? Because that's the shield of faith. Because if we hold on to that, that we can get through those times of doubt. Because you know what? We will gather with other believers and they will walk with us and their confidence and their faith will help us even when we question. Famously, John Wesley, the founder of the Methodist movement, was told when he was struggling with his faith, here's an ordained priest in the Anglican church struggling with his faith, questioning whether or not he even believed. And another pastor told him to preach faith until he had it, and then once he had faith, to preach faith. Sometimes we got to walk in faith even when we don't feel it, because we know deep down that it is true. And that's what the shield of faith is all about. And then it says, take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is God's word. So your helmet, of course, protects our head. And that's also part of that keeping our focus and our mind and our eyes upon the Lord, upon the cross, what Jesus has done for us. It's so easy to get distracted in this world. And especially when we, you know, I think it's interesting when we have hit a new place in our relationship and we feel really good and we feel like we're doing something or moving in the right direction, that's when... We really have to be aware, because really when it's easy to get distracted. We put on the helmet of salvation, and then there's this one offensive weapon, the word of God. It says, the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. And that doesn't mean that we're supposed to take the Bible and start hitting people with it. (laughs) It's not a literal thing. It's a metaphor, guys. But it means that that is what we do. That's what we go out into the world with, is with Jesus, who is the word of God, And we just share it. We share it by loving people. We share it by being in relationship. We share it by standing up for justice and what is right and on the side of the oppressed and the hurting and the broken. And we share it by sharing the good news of Jesus Christ. It goes on to say, offer prayers and petitions in, in the spirit. Stay alert by hanging in there and praying for all believers. As for me, I pray that when I open my mouth, I'll get a message that confidently makes this secret plan of the gospel known. I am an ambassador in chains for the sake of the gospel. Pray so that the Lord will give me confidence to say what I have to say. It's almost as if Paul then says, like the foundation, the ground that we have to prepare has to be prayer. I think the story when some of Jesus' disciples had been sent out to, to preach the good news and cast out demons and do all these things, and they come back and they're unable to cast out the demon, and Jesus says, you have to cast out this one with prayer. There's so many things in our life, guys, that can only be defeated with prayer. And we have to be a praying church. It's one of the commitments you make when you partner with us is that you will pray. And that you'll pray not just for yourself, but for the church and what's going on in the church and, and for others and those who are struggling. Because it is spiritual warfare. To go out in the world is spiritual warfare. Because there is evil in this world. And there are forces that are against us. And we need to lay a foundation of prayer. You know, going back to what I was saying earlier, you know, Iron Man doesn't put on a suit of armor to go to a party, although I think there was one time he did. But in general, he goes out to, to fight for what is right. And the same thing with soldiers. You don't put on your armor just to hang back in the fort. It's not very comfortable. <laughs> you put on the armor because you're going to battle. 
because you're going out into the world, except our battle is a battle of love and peace and grace and what is good and right and holy. One of my heroes of faith is a man named E. Stanley Jones. And E. Stanley Jones, was, as a young man, uh, was a bit of a ruffian. He, went in, he was a part of a gang, and he uh, was not what we would consider a very good person. Now, I don't think a gang in the 1800s is a gang like we think of it, right? But still, he was part of a gang. And he went to this revival because he wanted to be a distraction. And in the middle of the revival, he and his friends were going to do something to throw off the preacher and cause a big ruckus and, and leave. But his friends noticed that in the midst of this revival, that he didn't stand up and, and do this distraction. And then they were all dismayed at the end of the service that he actually stood up and walked to the front during the altar call and gave his life to Christ. Here, this rough kind of kid who wasn't following God heard the good news of Jesus Christ and it transformed his life. And so he felt called to be a missionary a missionary of India to all, of all places, which especially at that time was a very difficult place. Uh, I don't know if you know about India, but it has this caste system, and if you're of the lower caste, you're not really considered human. And then you had the British Empire who was oppressing the Indian people, and, and so he went there and he did a lot of great work. In fact, one of his most impressive accomplishments is that he wrote a book about Mahatma Gandhi who used this nonviolent resistance that was actually based on Jesus that Martin Luther King Jr. read and inspired him in the civil rights movement. So he played a, a huge role in the, in the future, in the, the course of our nation, by encouraging Martin Luther King Jr. towards this nonviolent resistance. And I think it'd be so inspiring as we talk about putting on the full armor of God. So I have a few quotes from him, and one of them is this. It says, don't wait for a miracle to be a form on you from without, lifting you above your fears and doubts and self-centeredness. You help God from within by turning an outgoing love to others, and miraculously, your fears and doubts and self-centeredness will vanish. The miracle starts within, not from without. You know, this is exactly what Paul is talking about. We put on the armor of God, we go out. Sometimes we really want God to show up in our lives, right? We really need God. We really want to see God in a tangible and physical way. And what E. Stanley is telling us is that to do that, we need to do the work of God. Because it's when we do the work of God, that is when we'll see the miraculous, both without and within. Don't just sit around and expect that God's going to continue to show up. God shows up in the beginning, but God has expectations for you. And the deeper you have and the further you grow in your faith, the more that God wants from you. It's not about your salvation, but it's about God's expectation for believers. God expects a lot from us. And so we're required to go out and serve God with all that we have and all that we are. The second quote is, The purpose of religion is not so much to get into heaven or to keep us out of hell, but to put a little bit of heaven into us and take the hell out of us. This has always been, been the greatest responsibility of religion. Now think about what he's saying here. It's not so much about getting us to heaven, although that's great. That's a wonderful gift of God, right? That we get to live for all eternity with God. That's how God always designed it. He wanted humans to, to be with him for all eternity. But he's saying that what's really important is that we get a little more heaven within us and a little more hell out of us. And that's why we need the armor of God. That's why we need all these things that we're talking about. That's why we need to, to, to put it on before we go out in the world so that we can be more like Christ and we can bring little pockets of heaven 
everywhere we go. Now think about that. Are you creating heaven where you live? Are you creating heaven at your work? Are you creating heaven at your schools? Are you creating heaven with your friends? Are you creating hell through your actions? The final quote is this, and I love it. Prayer is commission. Out of the quietness with God, power is generated that turns the spiritual machinery of the world. When you pray, you begin to feel the sense of being sent, that the divine compulsion is upon you. Prayer is commission. Prayer is commission. We are sent. We're a people who are sent out into the world, just like E. St. Lee Jones. Now, I don't know, there may be someone here who's called to be a missionary. It's not me to speak on. But what generally God is telling us, what generally Paul is telling us, what generally Jesus wants for us is just to bring heaven into our world and the people that we meet and the people that we see. I was talking to Josh this week as as I was telling him about what I was going to preach on. And we were in this, had this conversation. He said that that to not go out in the world is kind of like Christian obesity, And I thought that was a really deep way to say it. If all we do is try to get fed, right? All we do is try to fill up our lives. And all we do is take, take, take. But we never take what we have been given and go out in the world. We're not doing what God has called us to do. Imagine 1.1 billion people. I know I've said this before. 1.1 billion people say that they are Christians today. Imagine if 1.1 billion Christians were out in the world loving people, standing up for justice taking their call that God has upon their life seriously. And so today, I ask you to put on this armor, the belt of truth, the breastplate of justice, the shoes of peace, the shield of faith, the helmet of salvation, and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. To armor up because the world needs you. Christ is counting on you. Christ doesn't have to have us, but Christ is counting on you. So are your neighbors. So are your coworkers. So are everyone you meet to go into the world and to love God and love people. In the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Today is a-